Hi, welcome to the Recovery Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller. I'm a stroke survivor and grateful recovering alcoholic. And today I'm going to talk about what to do when you can't sleep and how you can practice good sleep hygiene and get yourself more ready for sleep so that when sleepy time comes, um, your body is ready to do it. Um, last night I did not sleep very well. Um, I just slept, I think like three hours. It seems like, I think I fell asleep about one and I woke up at four. Um, and that's because I was stressed about some stuff and, um, and it happens. It's okay. Uh, the good thing is, is that I did not have to wake up at five o'clock and drive, you know, an hour and a half on Route 9 to work in, in rush hour traffic to get myself to work by seven o'clock a.m. or or anything like that. So, um, so things are okay. You know, I was able to lay there and remain uh, calm um, although it is frustrating, uh, I'm, I'm all too familiar with that feeling of waking up in the middle of the night, you look at the clock, it's, it's 3.30 in the morning, and you know you have to get up at 5, and you're just like, oh my god, I have an hour and a half, I, you know, and you're trying to force yourself back to sleep, and you don't fall asleep until like right before that alarm clock is about to go off and then you fall into a deep sleep. And so by that point, you're just like just wrecked, you know, when you're getting ready to get up, you have a long drive to work, you're trying just trying to keep your eyes open, trying to keep the wind blowing in your face. Oh my gosh, it sounds like torture. I remember it. I remember it. Um, so I'm grateful that that is not how I had to face my morning this morning, but it's all the same when it comes to not getting the sleep and how it makes you feel physically and emotionally. And that's kind of how I woke up this morning, how I felt in the middle of the night, that, that physical and emotional exhaustion and, um, and it's tough. Uh, that alone is tough. I shared in a previous episode how uh, my grandmother, when she couldn't sleep at night, she had a hard time sleeping sometimes, staying asleep. She'd wake up in the middle of the night. And she would say that that was a gift from God for her to uh, uh, get to enjoy um more time in her life, you know, a more awake time in her life. And so I thought that was a really positive way of looking at it. And, and that's exactly what I thought of in the middle of the night last night. It, I always do. Um, when, when I wake up, I think of her, which is funny um, and cool, I think. So, um, so. So I, I like to share about what's going on in my everyday life because it helps me, you know, it helps me. Um, but 
I feel like I'm supporting the emotional journey of others while I'm also prioritizing my own wellness. And, um, and that's what I'm hoping this uh, community that, that is being built. I mean, it's happening um, with this podcast. And I, I want to continue to share about these everyday struggles that I have. You know, the podcast is called Recovery Daily, but it, it honestly, there's so many episodes, I think more so than not, that apply to everybody. I mean, we're all recovering from things, right? We're all recovering from different challenges that we go through. So we can squeeze the uh, the square peg into the round hole, I think. Or is it the other way around? I don't know if there's a way you're supposed to say that. <laughs> anyway, um, so... Uh, I did a little research on this whole uh, insomnia thing and just waking up in the middle of the night and and what are the do's and don'ts about waking up in the middle of the night. And so here's some stuff. I'm just going to share with you some stuff that I learned today. So getting up and doing something um, like watching TV or browsing on your phone it affects the circadian rhythms um, of your body. And so I'm going to talk about what circadian rhythms is, but um, it's all about like not exposing yourself to light. Like your body um, needs to have thing, your environment dark, uh, cool, and, um, and, and that kind of thing, like elicits your, your sleep pattern, like tells your body that it's time to go to sleep. So, uh, when we get up in the middle of the night, it's more, it's better to do, you know, things that, that where you don't have to turn the light on. So, Getting out of bed when you can't sleep um, is what I read is the better way to handle it rather than tossing and turning because you're, the, the longer you stay in bed when you wake up in the middle of the night, if you keep doing that and you just toss and turn, then your bed, you start like shifting your uh, mindset or whatever, your connection to your bed as a place where you are restless than a place where you sleep. So some of the things that I'm going to talk about are getting out of your bed. And so when you wake up in the middle of the night, if you can't go back to sleep, you know, you spend about 10 or 15 minutes, you can't go back to sleep. You actually should get out of bed is what a lot of the professionals um, say. So I'll talk about that. But I don't really have a lot of trouble sleeping. And that's because I take trazodone. And I hear, I hear more and more about people taking trazodone. Trazodone is, is 
I've talked about it before, but it's a medication that was given to me when I was in detox. And that's because lots of people who are getting sober have a hard time falling asleep and staying asleep. And that's very much because we don't know how to do it. We've only ever passed out. You know, I, I spent 30 years of my life passing out instead of falling asleep and and staying asleep because I was just three sheets to the wind, you know. Um, so they gave me trazodone. They gave me a high dosage of trazodone. So now I take a much less dosage. It's 50 milligrams. And um, it's not addictive. It's something, it's a medication that they uh, used to give for anxiety, but they found that it just put people to sleep. So, hey, we can give it to you, to people who have sleeping disorders and stuff. Um, so I love it. It's my, uh, my trazodone and my um, citalopram, which is my anxiety medication. These are the things that keep me running like a human being. And I am, and I'm adamant about the, my requirement to have my medication. Um, maybe one episode I should talk about that, about people who take medication. There's, there's lots of people who, I've run across that are like, no, I'm not going to take a pill for that. You know, I'm not going to, I don't want to be dependent on some sort of medication. And I get that. I understand it. Um, I, I have, <clears throat> I have been on different medications in the past that I was opposed to that I uh, I was prescribed, but I didn't feel that I needed to take them. So um, I never stopped taking, there's only one time that I stopped taking a medication um, and I did not work with my doctor to do that. That's not true. I'm lying. There are two times that I did that. One of the medications was my anxiety medication. I did the exact thing that they say not to do, and that is to just go off of your anxiety medication um, because you think you're fine. And I did it, and I'll tell you that I got to a point once the medication was fully out of my system, which takes about two weeks, um... I literally was sitting in my chair. I was working from home, sitting in my chair. The house was empty. It was just me. The kids were at school. And I swung my chair around and I just yelled, I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. Um, because my head was like buzzing. There was just like this... I don't even know how to explain it. I couldn't even, I just wanted to rip my face off. It was just like, uh, my brain was going so fast and making up so many stories all at once. It's just, 
I wouldn't say I was insane, but it felt insane. And um, I regretted, I heavily regretted going off that medication because it took another two weeks to get back on it, you know, fully. So I regret that. Um, but you know what? I'm not supposed to regret my past. Uh, I learned from that is what I did. Don't ever do that. And hopefully by sharing that experience with others that I can encourage other people not to, not to go off medication without speaking to your doctor, because there's a way that they do it, um, where they wean you off of it, where you don't end up, um, going crazy like I did. And I know that you're excited to hear what was the second time you did it, Rachel? Well, the second time I did it was I went off this medication that they give you when you are in detox. And that is to uh, remove the cravings for alcohol. And so I took that for like a year, over a year. Um, and I'm sorry, I can't think of what the what it's called right now. But I took it for like a year and it's expensive and I decided I couldn't afford to take it and I wasn't going to take it. Um, so I just stopped taking it and thankfully I did not have cravings for alcohol when I stopped taking it, but I did, however, crave candy like it was no one's business. I mean, I was eating so much sugar and candy. It was crazy. Um, so it, so whatever that pill was, was working. Um, and, and thankfully I didn't go for alcohol, um, because I don't know if, if that's what I started craving, I don't know that I would have been able to stop myself. Um, I certainly was eating all the sugar I possibly could, which so then I ended up, of course, having to wean myself off of sugar. Um, so I have totally taken another path away from what to do when you wake up in the middle of the night. So let's backtrack and get all the way back to do you have problems falling asleep? Um, do you have a defined sleep schedule? Um, I do try to go to sleep at the same time every night. And I have been really, really bad at that since I had gone on disability. Um, I, you know what, when I started doing this podcast, that's when I start, started staying up later because I don't, uh, record a lot of times until I, uh, put my dogs, uh, to bed. So, um, I am guilty of not sticking to my sleep defined schedule and, if I'm being, if I'm coming fully clean here, um, I also did not do any of my, um, pre bedtime routine last night because I was stressed out and I stayed up, um, 
doing my quilting <laughs> and I stayed up until like, I don't know, midnight. And then I was like, okay, I'm up too late. I got to just, just turn off the light and go to sleep. So I didn't do any of my stuff. And then I was up all night. It was a disaster. It was an utter disaster, people. Um, okay, so what is the circadian rhythm? It is your biological clock that controls functions like when you are tired and need to sleep, when you feel hungry and need to eat, your body temperature, and some of your cognitive functions. I think there's a whole array of stuff that this circadian rhythm controls um, or what it affects. But um, as you can imagine, like, just like if we don't get enough sleep, it, it affects us physically and it also affects uh, us mentally and emotionally. It, it affects our mood. I mean, who is not crabby when they were up all night? Um, so today, one of the other things that I learned was this thing called morningness and eveningness. I'd never heard this before. And it refers to your sleep-wake pattern and level of alertness in the morning or in the evening. So um, anyone who has young adults can identify with this. What I learned is that eveningness increases as you grow up. So you know how um, our kids, as they grow up, they start sleeping later and later. Um, I mean, they, they start going to sleep later and later, and then they don't wake up early in the morning. And this is because eveningness increases as you grow up in, uh, in your adolescence. And then it peaks at the age of 17 to 19 years old. And then we start shifting back to morningness as adults. And that just means that you're more alert. If you're, uh, eveningness means you're obviously more alert in the evenings and you're more productive. And then morningness is when you're more productive in the morning. There are some people, um, I'm definitely one of them now where, uh, I like to get up, I get up at the same exact time every morning and, um, that's 625 and I let my dogs out and then I go, uh, I feed them and then I do my sobriety meeting. So I feel very productive. I start taking notes. I start doing my research for my podcast for the day and all of that stuff. So it starts bright and early for me. Um, I didn't used to be that way. My alcoholism is what drove my, uh, <laughs> my rhythm. <laughs> I don't know what it was. I just, uh, I, I seriously, I just was awake when I was not passed out. That's, that's really all it was. It's as, as, as simple as that. So 
this pattern of having eveningness um, peaking at 17 to 19 and then shifting back to morningness as adults, clearly that's not true for everyone. I know uh, a couple adults myself who um, still tend to be more uh, apt to staying up later in the evening. So when I don't sleep, I actually, so let me talk about before my stroke. If I didn't get enough sleep before my stroke, I would be shaky and nauseous and um, anxious and I, it's like I'm right on the edge of being triggered to either cry or be mad, you know, like I'm, I'm, um, I don't have full control. It feels like of my emotions or my thoughts, my mood or anything like that. And then, so I still feel that way after my stroke, but I also like today had headaches all day um, and my symptoms are a whole lot worse when I don't sleep. So I, I really had a lot of, um, I couldn't see very clearly today. So one of my symptoms is I explain it as inability to focus both mentally and visually is the best way that I can describe it. I feel like I'm kind of in la-la land, you know? Um, and some of those things like choosing the wrong words happen today. And you, like, what was the thing I did? Oh, I got the lemonade. So I, I make homemade lemonade. I love it. And I got the lemonade out of the refrigerator and then I got a bowl out of the cabinet instead of a cup. So that kind of stuff. It's fine. I used the bowl for some cereal. I was like, since I have a bowl out, maybe I'll have some cereal. <laughs> so anyway, um, so that's how I have felt today and, and what sleep makes me feel like. What are the ways that we can get ourselves back to sleep? Um, so I did a lot of research on this, and I've heard of people taking melatonin. And I haven't been a big fan of melatonin. I think it's because my kids have talked about taking melatonin, and I wasn't a big fan. And, and that's only because uh, I realized today I wasn't a big fan because I was uneducated about what taking melatonin does. And so this is what I found out, that melatonin is a hormone that our bodies create naturally. And when it starts getting dark outside and our houses start getting dark, that darkness helps kind of kicks off the creation of melatonin in the evening. And melatonin tells our body that it's time to sleep. 
So melatonin alone, you know, if you're, if you're, it's the middle of the day and you take melatonin, it's not gonna, well, it's different for everybody. But what I heard <laughs> was that it's not necessarily gonna just put you to sleep. You know, it's not like, a sleeping pill or something. It just tells your body that it's time to sleep. It's like initiating the process, uh, kickstarting the process. And so it's, I've heard that it works for some people and that it doesn't work for others. What has always worked for me that I have not been doing very much lately and I so want to try to get back to it, um, I just keep not feeling well enough, um, but exercise, if I put in, um, especially if I exercise for one hour during the day, I guaranteed I will sleep well, uh, that night, whether I do yoga, whether I run, I mean, my favorite thing is to run, but I definitely can't do that now. Um, but anything I can do to get my heart rate up for, uh, for me, as long as I can, it, uh, it just, uh, it just feels so good. And it really gets all of that excess energy out of me. I've talked about how I believe that all of these feelings of fear and anger and anxiety and, uh, and all of those are just energy in my body that needs to burn off. That's how I see it. And so I feel like every day I have to burn that off because it's, it's there every day. Even if I'm having a good day, it's there and I got to burn it off. Um, if it's not, if it's not anxiety or fear or sadness or whatever, um, then it might be just excess energy, you know, so that I, so that when I'm going to bed at night, I'm not still raring to go. So exercise really is a is a huge deal for me. And that's why I've just been itching to try to figure out what the best way for me to exercise is. I have been doing my push-ups and lifting weights with my free weights. Um, you know, it's just not enough. It's It's not enough. So I'll get there. Um, so why didn't I sleep last night? Um, so I mentioned it's, it's because of stress and, and it's very unusual for me, but what was happening is I was just, I was thinking, you know, stinking thinking, go back and watch the episode. I was stinking thinking and as I said, I, I didn't do my, my pre-bed rituals. I didn't, uh, I did a couple of them. I did my stretches cause I always do that. I did my prayers, but I didn't read my meditation. I didn't do my, um, 
my look back at my day. Um, I think I still put the lavender on my temples. I don't know. It was a mess. I really just was like, I don't know. I just gotta, I just gotta lay here. And I, and I started listening to my, a book that I'm listening to. And, and I, so I fell asleep finally. And then I slept through the whole book. So I had to go back and start listening to the, the end of the book again. <laughs> it's just a mess. It was a mess. So, um, some things that, that I heard were to, um, keep a sleep diary and that way you can take a look at what it is that you're doing every, you know, figure out what your habits are. If you have habits, if you don't have habits, that's your first problem. You need to build some sort of approach to sleep. Um, I think that everybody, I feel like that's self, self explanatory. I don't know. I can't think of the word that's, uh, obvious. Maybe, maybe that's the word I'm looking for. Um, so as much as our bodies require food, water, air, etc., we need to sleep. Um, I think the least sleep I ever had in my life was when my kids were newborns, for sure. I don't think that. That is for sure. Um, I was walking my dog uh, out in the field across from my house a couple weeks ago, and there was a lady who walked by with a little infant like strapped to her chest and her dog on a leash. And I saw this lady like a month before that. She was pregnant, very, very pregnant. And she was so bubbly and chipper. I had never met her before, you know. Um, And I don't know how I, we said hello and, and started talking and Um, and she was just so, she, she's like one of those people who walks in a room and it's just, you cannot help but smile when she's standing there. That's, that's the kind of impression that she gave me. It just was, uh, she seems like a real beautiful kind of person. And so she was standing there with this little infant strapped to her and it was like, the life was sucked out of her. She was not the same person that I met a month before. And I said to her, I was like, I'm so sorry that you're so tired. I mean, I could just tell by looking at her. It just, it, it kind of broke my heart a little bit, but that's what lack of sleep does to us. I mean, we're not even the same person. Um, without sleep, we face that psychological and physiological exhaustion. It weak, it weakens our memory, our immune system, the ability to retain informa- information, and healing and recovery. You know, she just had that baby, and she needs to heal and recover because having babies is, is a, you know, it's a shock to our system. 
but we have to go home and start caring for these babies. So, oh, it is so challenging. And just my heart went out to her. Um, so I wanted to mention, um, before I get into what we can do if we can't sleep, I have a list of stuff you can do if you can't sleep. Um, I thought it was kind of cool to think back of what did I used to do when my son would wake up in the middle of the night when he was little. So this little boy was just the sweetest, most adorable, sensitive, handsome, little cutie boy ever in the world. So he would get up in the middle of the night. He didn't do it very often because I feel very proud of the way I handled it, even though I don't know if it was good or not, but it seemed to work. So he would get up in the middle of the night. He'd come in to mommy, you know, and he, he couldn't sleep. And I wouldn't say he would wake me up. I wouldn't say anything. I never said a word. He would wake up. He'd come get me. And I would um, take him very gently and lovingly and walk him quietly. We didn't say a word. Walk him back to his bed. And I would lay him down on his bed. And I would just kind of, you know, pet his hair or whatever. You know, just kind of soothe him. Ne still, still, I never said a word. I never turned the light on. Nothing. And I put him back to bed, and then I would go and shut the door and go back to bed. That was it. I did it every time. I never said a word, and I kept the lights off and everything. Well, it turns out, the reason why I mention that is because it turns out that what I was doing was very much in line with what we need to do to ourselves if we wake up in the middle of the night. And so here we go. We need to keep the lights off because turning the lights on messes up the circadian rhythm. It makes us, um, our bodies think that it's no longer time for sleep. Um, it's interesting to me that lightness and darkness have that major impact on us. But um, that must be why I... I I really like my house to be super dark all the time, and so does my boyfriend. <laughs> we like to stay in um, in night mode <laughs> or something. Um, okay, so keep the lights off. The next thing, if you're laying in your bed tossing and turning for more than 10 to 15 minutes, get out of your bed. But you don't want to get out of your bed and start walking around because you need to keep your heart rate down. So get out of your bed and lay on the floor. That's it. Keep the lights off, get out of bed, lay on the floor, on your back. In the, uh, if any of you take yoga, the Shavasana pose, which is the corpse pose, that's just laying on your back, flat on your back with your hands uh, facing up towards the sky. Don't bring your blanket down on the floor with you because you don't want to get 
cozy down there. You want to get cool down there. And breathe, start breathing uh, four counts to breathe in, hold for four counts, and then breathe out for eight counts. So um, breathe in for four, hold for four, out for eight. And you do that for, you know, 10 times or so. Do it to the point where you hear your breath. You know, um, I, I realize that your spouse or your significant other may think that you're hyperventilating on the floor, <laughs> but um, do it so that you can hear it. And then lastly, don't look at the clock, which um, I, I call BS on. I don't think it's possible to not look at the clock, but that's what they say. Don't look at the clock. If I look at the clock, um, I mean, once I started working from home, it looking at the clock didn't bother me because I knew I didn't have to drive an hour and a half on Route 9. Um, but they say don't look at the clock, so you can try it. Maybe that's your challenge, uh, trying to fall back asleep by not looking at the clock. But the more you walk around, the reason why I say don't walk around and just lay on the floor is that you want to disassociate the restlessness from your bed, first of all. So that's why you're getting out of your bed. But you're getting on the floor because you don't want to walk around because you don't want your heart rate to go above 60 because it, it's supposed to stay below that in order to fall, or it has to stay below 60 to fall back asleep is what I researched here. So how can you prepare yourself so that you don't wake up in the middle of the night? One, this is my recommendations. This is Rachel's recommendations for preparing yourself for, for sleep so you don't wake up in the middle of the night. One, exercise for 20 minutes to one hour. And I recommend one hour. I know that's a lot, um, but... I think it's it's worth it for a nice, nice, cozy sleep. And uh, two, don't do anything but sleep in your bed. I mean, you can do your other things that you do in your bed, but don't work in your bed. Don't work in your bed. Don't, um, I mean, I don't even think you should read in your bed, but to each their own. So keep your bed connected to sleep and only sleep and your other stuff that you do. <laughs> uh, three, practice. Practice practice all of this. You know, practice training your brain to go to sleep at a certain time. You know, associate sleep with your bread. Be bread. Bed sleep with your bed. Yeah, sorry. I had to recheck what I actually said out loud. Um, okay, five. Uh, I heard you can take a warm bath or shower before bed. And that is because it triggers your body when you get out, it triggers your body to cool down even more. So that need for your body to, um, to be cool, um, getting it 
in a hot bath or shower, first of all, will then um, quicken that cooling down process. Apparently, this is what I this is what I learned. And uh, number six, listen to something educational. And I think back to when I was in high school history class. And that is actually what I do. And um, even thinking about that makes me tired. That's kind of comical, but it's true. So you can put on some kind of... um, you know, thing on your phone for, uh, for history or biology or chemistry or something like that. Um, and, and so it's just enough where it's interesting to keep your attention, but it's, it's too boring to, um, to continue to listen to and you fall asleep. And then finally, one of my favorites Write down your worries before bed and set them on your nightstand. And I've said that before about just recognizing that whatever you're worried about or thinking about before you go to bed, you know, I used to be thinking like, I don't want to forget that I need to do X, Y, Z in the morning or something like that. And somebody said once in one of my sobriety meetings, try to let go of whatever it is that you're worried about um, and put it on your nightstand. It'll be there when you wake up in the morning. All your worries will be there when you wake up in the morning or something like that. Um, and so I tried that. I, I tried to start just not being, what am I trying to say? Not being, uh, anxious about trying to remember that I had to do X, Y, Z in the morning. And I tried to just let it go and trust that I was going to remember in the morning. And you know what? I did. I remembered in the morning. It was the first thing I thought of, actually. Um, But if you don't want to do that because you're actually really stressed out, write down, write, you know, it doesn't have to be a big journal entry or something. Write a couple bullets about what are you worried about and get it out of your head so that it makes room for some serenity and some dreaming. And, um, and it'll just put it on your nightstand. It'll be there when you wake up in the morning. You, you can't do anything about it while you're sleeping, so why take it to bed with you? So that's my favorite one. So that's what I have for you. I hope it was helpful. I hope you all get a good night's sleep because that's exactly what I'm about to do. Good night, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.